just like to welcome everyone who's joining us today for our live stream. This is only one part of our service here at Chelsea Community Church with City Temple. Uh, if you'd like to be part of the whole service via Zoom, drop us an email, uh, or you can just come down and join us at Chelsea Community Church here in Chelsea on Edith Grove on a Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Today, I'm really, really excited that we're gonna hear from a good friend, elder here at Chelsea and at City Temple, Marcos Ravello. Over to you, Marcos. Open your Bibles in Mark chapter 11. We're gonna look at verse 25, 22 to 25. What we can do from verse, well, 22 to 25, let's do that. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. And um, if you follow me as well in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses uh, 10 to 14. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare, and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will hear you. You will seek me and find me. You will seek me with your, all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. Let us pray. Father, we come... In the name of Jesus, we thank you for this morning. Lord, we ask that you speak to our hearts, minister to our, to our lives, our families, our community, our church here together, Lord. We want to lift your name. We want to glorify you, Lord. We want to uh, be transformed by your word, Lord. And let your spirit rest upon me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I wanted to read something. It's just a, a little anecdote here. It says, um, it's about a, a lighthouse and a ship. A battleship was on an exercise at sea in bad weather. The captain was on the bridge. It was foggy. Just after dark, the, uh, the lookout spotted a light on the starboard, starboard side. The captain asked if it was, a, if it was steady or moving. The lookout uh, replied the light was steady, meaning that they were on direct collision course with that ship. The captain ordered the lookout signal to the other ship. Change course 20 degrees. We're on a collision course. The signal came back, advisable for you to change course. The captain signaled back, I'm a captain, change your course 20 degrees. He got a reply, I'm a seaman, second class. You'd better change your course 20 degrees. That was his reply. The captain was furious. He sent back, I'm a battleship, change your course. Back came the signal, I'm a lighthouse. It's your call. Right. 
as Oloshina would say, if you did not get that now, you'll get it later. <laughs> okay. Um, it makes me think a bit about being blind as to what is sometimes not, you know, when you don't see things clearly. In this case of the, the, the ship and the lighthouse. And just currently, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? That we're right now in a, in a place in our government, in, our, in a nation, we're not sure what's going to happen. We have lived right now under one party with four, almost four leaders now. So we've had David Cameron, Theresa May, Boris Johnson, and we don't know who yet. You know, we're kind of going in the dark right now in, in some ways. And that's, you know, I don't think this has ever happened in history in our, in our government here in the UK, I think. This is a, you know, something very new and very strange for us. And there's been no elections uh, by the whole nation to choose this, this next uh, leader. But yet, in a way, you know, a lot of things we, we, we're doing in, in faith, I guess we could use the word, in, in, and almost that word blind faith, we could say sometimes. But uh, I want to make a contrast of what blind faith and maybe what our, our faith is like. And looking at these two stories, I could see some parallels, some things that God showed that we as Christians, we as a church, also go through. And let me maybe give a bit of a context first, looking at Jeremiah and, and thinking about him and his situation. Okay, he's, he's a prophet. And when we look at his timeline, when we look at his generation, he really lived a very difficult time. First of all, as a prophet, he was uh, known as the weeping, weeping prophet, reluctant prophet, the prophet of loneliness, the persecuted prophet, rejected, ridiculed, and falsely accused. I mean, what a CV is that? I mean, really, like, you know, if he was today, I don't know how many likes and how many follows he would really have. But it's, it's one of, you know, but yet, one of those things, isn't it? Prophetic ministries is so desired right now, isn't it? It's one of those ministries that people want to, you know, I want to hear God. I want to know the revelations of God and the mysteries of God. When you look at these Old Testament guys and, and girls and women, they were really hard. It was a very difficult thing to be a prophet because they truly did have to speak truth to power. They truly had to sometimes go out there in faith completely, trusting the message that they heard from the Lord, not knowing the results or the outcome, or what the backlash would be in, this, in some of these cases. In his, in his case, he had literally a ministry for over 40 years. And you wouldn't call it a successful ministry, because it really, towards the end of his life, he's kind of taken as a prisoner to Egypt. Um, some historians say he may have died out there, stoned or killed. Not, there's no actual completely sure how he died or passed away, but it wasn't in the sense like maybe Elijah's ministry, where you fire came down and hundreds were like, you know, this move and they passed the baton on to Elisha. We don't see that with Jeremiah, but yet he has chapters in a whole book. He is called one of the major prophets. So this is one of these men who would hear from God and give a message, but it wasn't popular. And he had to do this in faith. He had to trust God, especially because his, his timeline, the moment that he's there, there's this moment where Babylon, this opposing northern kingdom, came and took them away, took the, uh, the Israelites from their, their city, from Jerusalem to, to, to Babylon as exiles, as, as prisoners, as slaves. And they were allowed to have some certain type of life in Babylon. But this was hard because at that time that Jeremiah was around, all the prophets around the kings of his generation were saying, you know, you're going to win against Babylon. You're going to be successful against Babylon. You're going to do well, king. And Jeremiah, who genuinely heard from God, would say things like, this isn't going to end well. This is going to go bad, and you're going to suffer, and you're going to die in some cases. 
Can you I mean, it was, that was the type of prophet that he was. Yet, they would, they would get angry. people would be very upset with him. And they would be angry with him. And even call him a traitor. Because he, he, one of his prophecies, he said, you know, you've got to go to Babylon. You have to let these things come out. You're going to be invaded, but we're going to be fine. And then the chapter that we're in is, is an interesting part because he, he gives this prophecy and it, and it rings and it touches me in ways and it blesses me in ways because I feel sometimes we also are pilgrims and we're also sometimes strangers here. And I know we're, we're in this, I love being part of City Temple and Chelsea Church because it is very, all the cultures. You, you know, you could sometimes be talking with someone from Asia, the next moment, in two seconds, you're talking to someone from North America, South America, and, and from different parts of the world. It's just, you know, it's just how it is, and I love it. I, I, I enjoy that. And we, we, we're part of that, especially if, you know, you live in London, that's one of the great things. You don't realize how amazing that is until you travel abroad and you see other parts of the world, and you realize, oh, wait, there's only one culture here. There's no one else. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm the odd one here. And so um, Jeremiah says to them, I want you exiles, you that have been taken from Jerusalem, now going to be part of Babylon, under the slavery, under their control and dominion. This is a pagan nation, false gods, even sacrificing children. And I want you to be with them. I want you to build in, in Babylon. I want you to, to have, marry with them, build families with them, and prosper there. Because when they are prosperous, you will also be prosperous. And you've got to see this. This, this is a real culture shock. This is really hard for them to understand. And so, you know, this, is, this whole thing with Jeremiah must have, they, they really could not accept what he was saying. Because for them, you know, Babylon and Nebuchadnezzar, you know, they couldn't see how this was in God's plan. The destruction of their temple. Can you imagine the place where they would always find security and acceptance? The place where they would worship God and offer sacrifices was no longer going to be there. But God doesn't say to them, you know, okay, build a, a temple where you're going. He, he talks so much about the heart. And if you look at Jeremiah in his, in his whole book, it is a lot about the heart, a lot of verses. Uh, and it's, it almost feels like he's pastoral almost when you listen to Jeremiah. And the thing that, that stands out to me is that he could be trusted. That was his ministry. That he, 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 It wasn't about him trying to be successful like maybe other prophets were trying to get with the good with the king. He just he was trusted by God and he would be faithful to what he had given. And being in ba Babylon, obviously this, this security, this insecurity for them, for the, these exiles, for these people, the Israel being there in this pagan culture, and yet God's telling them, I want you to be there. And I, and I want you to think, this is, in one side, Babylon. This, you know, this, the, they, they've come, they've oppressed us, they've taken everything from us, we've lost all our identity and our heritage and our roots, and then Israel caught up in them. And you could feel this, that maybe the tension between them, the two, feeling completely opposite there. Yet God is saying them to, to love where they are, to trust and have faith that they are going to be well. And when it's time, he would restore them back. It makes me think a little bit, I don't know if you know the story where Josh was out to have a, a battle in, in, and uh, the angel of the Lord appears to him in that, in that famous uh, moment and he's, he's asking the angel, are you for us or are you against us? And the angel of the Lord says, neither. I'm not for you, nor for your enemy. I'm for the kingdom of God. And I think about this with this with, with Jeremiah and with this message he gives to them. It's not about Babylon and it's not about your history, your roots and your heritage of being Jewish. 
It's about the kingdom of God and being the presence and bringing the light and, sh and shining right there where you are. You take the presence. You take God's glory and you shine. You bring that faith to that place. And that's what they had, this identity that they had to shift. And I think many times God had told Israel about these things. You are going to be a blessing to other nations. And it was very hard because you almost very can, can almost, and it happens to us all. We, we want to think about us and our culture and our security and our safety. What gives us that? And God has a way of shaking it and saying, well, it's not what you think it is. Israel was a nation with a covenant. They, they were the ones that could say, we're blessed. You know, God has chosen us. It was from Abraham. We had that blessing. We have that heritage and that history with God. That, and, you know, Babylon doesn't have that. Egypt doesn't have that. All the other nations that oppose us, the Philistines, don't have this. We, this, this nation. But God was even shaking that from them and saying, no, it's much deeper than that. It's more in your heart and more of a work in my spirit. And, and something that's wonderful in, in Jeremiah is that I will put my law, my word in your hearts. I will do something in you that you will be my people, not just because you worship me in Jerusalem, not just because you worship me in a temple in a building made of hands, but because I'm going to make this, this a people for my glory and my purpose. So the kingdom of God. God is above all nations. He's not for them or for you. He's, he's the Lord of hosts. He's, he's his, his kingdom that he's wanting to establish. And, and he says to them, I want you to build. I want you to plant. I want you to marry. I'm thinking of your welfare and the welfare of this other nations. Makes me think again, a bit like we, when we, I shared a, a while back about Jonah and Nineveh. You know, remember that God had, a, even with them, a, another nation that was completely against God's and, and law and, and truth. And yet God had this plan with them through, through Jonah the prophet. But the kingdom of God is a light to nations. And through his people, a light in the darkness. And that takes me to think on the next part of, of Mark chapter 11. Now this is a text that, if you've grown up in, in certain parts of, let's say, camps of the Christian <laughs> I grew up in the one that was called kind of <laughs> Word of Faith, and I had a bit of a Pentecostal swell in, in me. I've got a, a few interesting parts to me. <laughs> but that was one of those chapters that we would stand on. And we would, and I, and I'd be honest with you, I've had, I've had this struggle with this text to go from one way to the other. And Rod knows this. I've, I've shared it with him. I've, I've walked in this part where I was like, have faith in God. And I'm really glad God leaves, God leaves this text there. And, he, and it does, it has sometimes been one of those things that the church has, has, has had arguments about. Oh, they miss, they take that verse out of context. They abuse that text that God will give you anything you say or anything you want. And, you know, uh, blab it and grab it or whatever the other uh, ways of saying it. Um, yeah. But God puts this word in there. And God's saying to us, have faith in God. If you believe me, you can move mountains. And I know it's, it's easy to like just come dismiss and say, yeah, well, that's the mountain of emotions or the mountain of, of whatever, you know, imaginary things, whatever you, you want to put it on. My wife, we were having this little conversation, our little theological, actually, I re reviewed my sermon with her. He goes, no, how do you know God hasn't moved the mountain? You haven't been everywhere. And you haven't seen everything. <laughs> I love her faith. <laughs> I said, okay, it's true. I, maybe it's mountains that have moved that I have no idea about. And God says it in his word. It's here for some reason. Now I'm thinking, let, let, let's break it down a little. Let's unpack this. I mean, he's speaking to his disciples. They're under a Roman Empire. They're under an oppressor. They're under difficulties. They're also being treated as strangers, even though now they're in their land. They're up there back into Jerusalem. They're back from their exile, but they're not being treated with the same dignity and respect. And 
Here, Jesus giving them a lesson as well about faith. They were going to be missionaries to the world. At some point, the Spirit of God was going to fill them, and they were going to go out to all the nations. They were going to have to preach to, to the Samaritans, to, to the ends of the earth. They were going to go to all places. And they were going to need some mounting moving faith to do that. They were going to need faith to believe God for great things. Because remember, they were also rejected. Now, it wasn't just the prophetic. Now, these were disciples. These were followers of the way. These were followers of Christ. And it was their kinsmen and the religious authorities now who would persecute them. People like Saul, who later became the Apostle Paul. They had darkness around them, and they had to have hope in, in times of hopelessness. They had to be able to see God in that situation. And that's that faith, that faith that works and believes the impossible. And God put that in there, in that text there. And, then, and the problem is, it's the believers that have a problem with the believing, really, when you think about it. It's this text here, mounting, moving faith. I remember someone saying, we, are, you know, we were talking and sharing about faith, and, and some, we asked, you know, what does faith mean to you? She, she was growing in her faith, so she kind of, you know, was our discipleship with a young person. And she said, oh, well, faith is like jumping out of an airplane without a parachute and waiting for God to catch you. And that, that's suicide. <laughs> that's, that's not faith. There's more to it than that. And I know what she meant. She meant completely trusting God with everything. That's what, what she was trying to put down. But it was a blind faith in a way. She was putting all of it without really thinking into it. Because our faith has to do with a relationship with God. With God. A relationship that we've built up a father with his children. Knowing him through his word and the spirit. Knowing his ways and what he's done. Where we're able to retell him as well. Lord, you did this with your people. You delivered them from Egypt. <clears throat> you set them free. You restored them. You healed them. Lord, you did signs, wonders, and miracles. You moved through them. They had faith in you, even in difficulties. Even when they thought it was their end and there was no other way, you, Lord, were glorified. And even, Lord, when they didn't get an answer, Lord, they still lived in faith, worshipping you. And I think that's a powerful testimony for anyone. I think of those who sometimes have that faith right to the end. I think my mom had a mountain-moving faith. She, she passed away a year ago of cancer, some, as many of you know. But she never, ever let go of, of believing that God would heal her. Never. And I could not, I, I struggled. I'd be honest, me and my wife struggled because it was to see her all through the, the situation, never, ever give up and ever say that this, this is the end. Or, that, you know, okay, I surrender. It was never. And for me, it's that faith that she held right. I mean, to me, she had mountain moving faith to the last breath. I know I didn't see the, she didn't see the miracle, but I know death hasn't won because I get to see her again. We all get to see her. We all get, and, and all of our brothers and sisters who have gone before us. It's that faith, isn't it? It's that faith that, Lord, you, we know that you have the word, the final word. We are his kingdom people, and, and it's through us that we shine that faith, that we shine that light, and we shine the best in the darkest moments. We shine the... It's the I don't know, there's a few, few illustrations I guess I could do with this. If, I wish, you know, if, if we had a completely dark room and you have even the tiniest light on your, on your wristwatch, electronic wristwatch, that tiny light, even if it's just in that corner, that's, and this whole room is pitch black, we know, okay, there's a light there, that's the direction. I don't know how many of you got a rice cooker. Have you, any, if you're Asian and Latino, you usually have a rice cooker. I mean, okay, there's a few of my other friends also have rice cooker. There's that little red light, no? That little, that little red light's on all the time. If you're in a, in, in, especially if you're in, in my Filipino friends' houses, that little red light's there somewhere. 
you could find your way anywhere through that. And it's <laughs> tiny. It's tiny, but it's on. <laughs> That's how it is. It's this, it, it, it's, I like how someone said it to me. It's, you know, if, if, if I put my finger, if I put a pin, a, a little metal pin or a large metal rod into the, into the socket, you know, the same 220 volts of electricity is going to go through your body, whether it's a pin or whether it's a rod. Because it's the power that's behind then. And he's saying to me the same thing. It's like, you know, with God, it's, it's, you know, your faith connects to someone who's powerful. That, electric, that power's going to go through you. And we shine the best at the darkest moment. We, we seem, for some reason, God allows that. He, let, he, he just lets us go through the fire. He lets us go through it. And we are to go through it, not stay there, not remain there. Keep on, you know, pushing through. And there, we, we start to see things that we haven't seen before. We see provision. We see the miracle, we see the healing, we see the door open, we see the situation turn around, we see a restoration. And that's it, that's the testimony of the church. It has a track record, it has this church history, we have a whole, st you know, stories that we can share. Of, 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 and I can ask each and every one of you where God has been faithful, where God has shown you his kindness and his goodness and his mounting moving power. Even just before the service here with Delarine, we were just sharing stories of mounting, moving faith. And just that moment. This week, I've been really blessed. Uh, I got, got some time away with the kids. And I, I would love to say that I came back re-energized re and revigorated <laughs> with vigor. But I, I survived. Let's just put it that way. But it was great. It was good for them because it, you know, it was a time to be with our friends. Um, we're, we're so blessed that we have from, from our previous church uh, some really good friends. I'd like to mention them, Santiago, Janet, Eric, and Jenny, who uh, have walked with us. And for me, they've, they've had mountain moving faith, and they've had that light in the darkness. They've been by our side through the thick and thin and through some really difficult times, and I'm grateful for them. And it is, it is good when we have that history, not just as a church, but also with our brothers and sisters in the faith, and we can share stories and we encourage each other, and you think, for me at least, I'm, I'm one of those people, if God did it with you, I know he can do it with me. I just connect with that. I just, if I hear someone's faith, that connects me. That just in, encourages me. If I know he healed, okay, all right, let's move on this. I don't know when people used to ask us and say, but how is it that you see people get healed? Or, you know, sometimes people want to know the, 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 the details of, you know, how exactly. I don't know. I just, I know I've seen it. I repeated it. And God did it. That's my only that's my answer to it. I've seen it. I've seen it in His Word. I've seen it through, my, through other people who've, who've taught me or shared with me their, their their testimony. And I've seen it again, and it happens. And there's something about that. It just brings glory to Jesus every time we share a testimony. Something of His presence and His name just being lifted up, and I, 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 it moves something in the atmosphere. We have that history. We have that track record, and and it's wonderful to record it, to keep it. I, I try to as much as I can keep testimonies. I remember. My, one of the very first healings that I ever saw was in City Temple. For me, before I was a member of City Temple, we, uh, under my father's ministry, we were uh, in City Temple. Um, and um, I remember what the girl, that, that we were in a cell group, she had this growth on her neck. She was so worried about it. She, <clears throat> she didn't know what to do. She was, uh, she was a, an asylum seeker. She was finding it so difficult. We were helping her to to find uh, stability in the nation and everything. And she just didn't know because she was so scared about the, the thing. So, I don't know, I just, okay, the Bible says that we pray for the sick and then, you know, God will heal. So we got all around in a circle. That was the very first time we prayed for her. And that was it. I wish I could tell you that it happened instantly, that there it disappeared. It didn't. 
First miracle, no. But the following day, she came back. It's gone. It's completely gone. I don't know. I don't have to go to the GP. She was, get it checked just in case. But yeah, but it had gone. It, you know, I didn't want to find out there's something else. But it was. And she, you know, to this day, she's completely healed. She's, she didn't know what it was, but she had that, that moment of fear. None, it, I can not say to you that it was one person that prayed. I really believe that we just kind of stood here in a circle. And that was my first, I remember this, my very first one that I saw. The first time I saw a miracle on the street, I always share this story, but I like sharing this story because uh, we were seeing so many people get healed in the church. We were seeing so many people, we were getting words of knowledge, we were praying for people, we were seeing it. And I, I was a little frustrated because when I, read the, when I was reading the word, I could see that Jesus and his disciples didn't just pray for healing in the church, they prayed for healing outside. And I was leading, a, at that time, a church in Putney. And I said to Giselle, I'm sitting in the car. We'd finished in a great service. We'd had an amazing move of God. We, we felt that, you know, people were, were, were receiving healing of arthritis and uh, pains in stomach, back pains. Things were happening. It was just, it was glorious. It was amazing. But I was always, Lord, I want more, not because I'm, you know, uh, an overachiever, whatever. I just, I just knew there was more. I've read that there's more, and I want to see more. And the more was out on the streets. So I'm sitting in the car thinking about that, and there's a guy just a few blocks down. I'm, I'm saying to Gisela, uh, I really want to see God move out in the streets. You know, we've got to, it's just, it can't be just um, us doing it in the building. You know, Jesus said they went out. And I'm talking maybe this may have been at least, Kenneth is now, tw- Kenneth is now 10. It may be nine or eight years ago, probably. No, a bit more. So yeah. About 10 years ago. I remember when we were doing this. And Giselle is there in the car and she says, look at that guy over there. He's limping. He's got a, he's got a crutch. Yeah. Go and pray for him. I was like, really? <laughs> it's like, Lord, here I am. Send him. <laughs> it's like, okay. I went. I remember his name, Dean. I remember his name. I went up to him. That's the, probably the time when I kind of switched off my... my my reasoning, if I can say that way, I guess that's, <laughs> and I was just all heart and all spirit, I guess, running out there, went up to him, I remember he was smoking, he had cigarettes, he's with his friend, he's, he's limping, I said, look, I've just come out of a, uh, I'm, a, I'm the pastor of Putney, I, I start with, I don't know why I started with that, I'm, I'm a pastor of Putney, and I've just come out of a healing service, I've just come out of praying for the sick, can I pray for you? Okay, he said, and I'm on my, I'm on my, I'm on literally on my knee, I'm putting my hand on his ankle, I'm praying for, I didn't know, I didn't know how to start. It was a bit, I was all over the place. I looked up at him. Did you feel anything? Yeah. I said, how long has it been? He gave me all the details. I did all the, those of you who know the Randy Clark model of prayer. I was trying to, you know, remembering everything I could if I had to pray. And at the end, nothing. But I don't look at that as a, a loss. That one was the testimony that ignited so many other healings. Not just for me, but for Lots of young people under Pastor Mundo's ministry under, under that time when we were serving him. And we probably saw 500 people go out on the streets and pray for healing over a period of three years, maybe a bit more even, just going weekend after weekend on, on the streets of Bournemouth, streets of London. We were just hitting, the, and we were getting reports back. In. But I, that testimony, that was our testimony of mountain moving faith. That we just trusted God and went out and said, Lord, you know, use us. I remember it my turn now to push Gisela. And I would sometimes say, no, it's your turn. You pushed me first, now you go. <laughs> your turn. And she would. She would walk next to, I remember she was walking next to a Spanish guy. And the guy just did not want to know about, and, and Gisela would not let go. She was like, like, a, like they say, the, you know, like a dog with a bone. or She was just you know, with a target. I am not letting go of this guy. Literally, it's all the way to, I think, to the train station. 
And the guy said, okay, I'll pray with you. Like literally, you know, I could get you off my back. And she did, they, you know, she got the person to do a prayer and, and everything. And we saw other amazing things outside of train stations, in train stations, words of knowledge, guys and girls just sharing amazing testimonies of just hearing God and saying, Pastor, I did it. I was, I, you know, people were crying and we were just put, laying hands on them and things happened. And, you know, it was, it was amazing. And it, I even had one guy say to me, I'm in Mexico now, Pastor Marcus. Send me the book of how you pray for the sick. You showed me in, in so-and-so on that date. And it was amazing. He would send me photos and he was out in Mexico praying and he'd received that. That's the mountain moving faith. That's that faith that shines in the darkness. That's that faith that, yes, Lord, you've said you've got a plan for us, a future and a hope. You want to use us here. We, you want us to be your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And Christ has given us that through his death and his resurrection. That we, because of what he's done on the cross, he's taken our curse, our sin, and we can come with him. You know, I, as I was talking with God and just coming before him, I, just, I know I was saying, we were just, is this thought that he put in my mind. We do not have a blind faith, but we are learning to see in the dark, to be light in the darkness through our faith in him. As a community, as a church here, I really believe that God is building a faith in us to, to learn to see the community. And people may say, oh, you, you guys are just, you Christians are blind in your faith. No, we are seeing in the darkness. We can see things that you cannot see. And we're, we're, we're declaring his word and we're praying over this part of our city and other parts to see revival, to see an outpouring, and to see transformation. And I believe that what God has started, he will finish, and he will bring glory to so many. I really believe that. And I want us to pray. And I want us to, as we stand today, I want us to pray, and I want to pray one more time for that mountain-moving faith here amongst us, and to be that light, that look, God has a plan and a purpose with us, his kingdom to be. Let us stand, let us stand. However you want to, if you want to lift your hands or just come before God as you pray, I just, I want you to surrender before him. I want you to, to, to let his words his fire, his passion ignite your heart. Lord, you've, let your kingdom come once again, we pray. Let your will be done, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, Lord. You want to heal the sick. You want to give sight to the blinds, Lord. You want to restore families. You want to, Lord Father, take away sickness and pain. You want to prosper us, Lord, in a land, even a land that's not ours, Lord. Lord, but you, we're part of your kingdom, and your kingdom's above all kingdoms, Lord. You want us to shine here in this place, Lord, and we want to shine and glorify you, Lord Father. Father, I pray right now for healing across this room right now, Lord. And those who are watching online, and those who may be listening uh, later on today, Lord, or later in the week, I pray for those, Lord Father, right now for pain. I command in the name of Jesus, sickness to leave, pain in, in the bones, arthritis to go, any joints or ligaments, eczema. I command it in the name of Jesus to leave the skin right now. I command things that have been damaging arteries to be let go in the name of Jesus. And Father, we pray for that. Father, and I, I thank you. There's a, one word of knowledge that the Lord gave me before the service, and it's the right hip, and it's the socket. That's the word. And I just pray right now for whoever that word is, whether it's here in presence or online, Lord Father. I thank you, Lord. Father, I pray for the healing. Maybe, and then maybe if you have... a a physical pain on your body and if you can put your hand on it just as an act of faith which is sometimes we can do that and just say Lord I pray right now I join my faith here Lord to you you say have faith in God that we can move mountains Lord I pray right now for whatever's affecting bodies maybe digestive system right now right now whatever's affecting colon 
to, to go in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your healing touch. In Jesus' name we pray. If you want prayer at the end of the service, if any of you need uh, my, my 